2: Welcome to our couch. Take a seat. It's time for therapy.
1: Movie therapy.
2: I'm Kristen Meinzer, culture critic and co-author of How to Be Fine.
1: And I'm Rafer Guzman, film critic for Newsday. In each episode of Movie Therapy, we offer up questionable advice and solid TV and movie recommendations for whatever ails you.
2: As usual, our reminder, Rafer, you and I are not real therapists. No. We are not real astrologers, but we are real movie critics. You actually have that on your byline every week, right?
1: That is, that is, it's certainly on my business card. It's certain that's, that's me. (laughs) <laughs> All right, later on the show, we are going to be joined by Laura Vanderkam, host of the Best of Both Worlds podcast. But first, we have some letters to get to. Kristen, you want to read the first one?
2: Yes, I am happy to read this letter, and it comes from Emily. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, we have an Emily. Surprise. Surprise. Emily writes, Dear Rafer and Kristen, My partner is two years into his PhD with little to no work-life balance. As someone who never did anything past my bachelor's, I had heard that postgraduate work was a beast, but I had no idea it would be this bad. He's miserable because he barely has time to do anything but work, and I am lonely and trying to be as supportive as I can. Are there any movies you can recommend that will help me with my loneliness and remind me that grad school is only for a little while?
1: Well, the first thing I would say is that I can relate. I was not um, married to my now wife when I was in grad school, but we were together, uh, serious I think we both assumed that in the nearish future we would get married. Uh, we were not just boyfriend girlfriend, uh, like this listener Emily says. She talks about her partner. We were partners, and this was this was the deal. So this was not just the kind of thing where you could just dump your boyfriend because he was in grad school, or I could dump my girlfriend because I was in grad school. Um, and it was really hard. Also, we did it long distance, and that made it um, even harder. But it's it's difficult, you know, you're, you're in grad school, you're trying to do this thing that requires a lot of time, but you've got this person who's in your life, this person's in your life for a reason. And, you know, this person can't just be, uh, you know, you can't just put this person in a box and put them under the closet and say, I'll see you in two years. You know, this is is someone who needs attention and someone who needs to be a part of your life. Um, And it's, uh, it's tough. I think, I think a lot of people probably go through this kind of thing.
2: Yeah. And I'm I'm like you, Rafer. I am somebody who, well, I have a couple of graduate degrees and I know it can be really hard. It's a lot of work. But I also think it's something that like any other work, whether it's a nine to five job um, or any other kind of work, that we can set parameters for ourselves. True. We don't have to work 24-7. I think a lot of people who are getting their graduate degrees put a lot of pressure on themselves. They believe they can never stop working, but that's not true because you're going to burn out. Your ideas are going to be less fresh. You're going to be less collaborative. All the things that you need to do are going to be harder if that's what you're doing 24-7 and you're never taking a break. And I think grad school is a great time to learn about work-life balance. A lot of people before grad school have never had to think about work-life balance, but this is a good time to learn it. And Emily, I, I don't want to tell you to, you know, scold your partner or to, you know, boss your partner around. But I do think it's worthwhile to sit down with your partner and say, hey, can we make sure that every week we schedule time for one date night? Or can we schedule time every day, even if it's just a half hour for us to sit without our devices, and just talk to each other? or have sex.
1: Oh, yes. That, yes.
2: Whatever it is you want to do for that time every single day to make sure that you're still partners and that you're not just that other obligation in his life, but somebody he gets to enjoy time with and somebody that you get to enjoy time with. You you shouldn't have to, you know, just be left by the wayside. There is such a thing as work-life balance.
1: I think that's good advice. Um, work-life balance is, um, is something important and something I'm learning about kind of Every day, uh, <laughs> still a still a still a hard lesson for me to learn. So, Kristen, what is your prescription for Emily?
2: All right, Emily, I am going to prescribe a movie to you. That, Reefer, I'm sorry, you're gonna roll your eyes. It is a holiday movie. I don't know. Yes,
1: you never know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's right. We're beyond the holidays. But this movie actually is a good movie for any day of the year, any time of year, any moment in life. It is called Last Holiday from 2006, okay. starring Queen
1: Latifah. for you know this movie, right? I'm surprised it took you 40 episodes of movie therapy to get around <laughs> to Last Holiday, Kristen. I can't tell you how much time I've spent on podcasts with you talking about Last Holiday. Good grief. <laughs> on Movie Date, on our old podcast, I feel like you brought it up pretty much every other month.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whatever you need. The answer is Last Holiday. Last Holiday is such a great movie. Now, if you're not familiar with it, in Last Holiday, Queen Latifah plays Georgia Bird, an employee in the cookware department at Cragen's Department Store in New Orleans. Georgia is a shy, unassuming woman who longs to cook professionally and who records her dreams of a better life in a scrapbook labeled Possibilities. One day, while flirting with a coworker named Sean, played by LL Cool J., Georgia bumps her head on a kitchen cabinet door and passes out. When she wakes up, she's getting a CAT scan at the store's health center. And the results are that she has several brain tumors and only has a few weeks to live. With that time she has left, Georgia quits her job, liquidates her assets, and sets off on a dream vacation to a European hotel where her favorite chef is the executive chef. Here's a clip.
1: Madam um, Welcome to Grand Hotel Poop.
2: Come on, y'all
1: really say it like that? Poop. 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 I'm sorry, Miss Bird, but your room is not ready yet. We weren't expecting you for two more hours. Well, I wasn't expecting to take a helicopter. But my time is kind of precious lately now. Uh, don't y'all have anything available now? I- I'll check it. Um, only the presidential suite. It's uh, 3,000 euros a night, um, about $4,000 a night.
2: Did you see me play?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Madam Bert? welcome. I know that you'll find our presidential suite most comfortable. Okay, Kristen, I got to ask you, how does this relate to graduate school and work-life balance? All right. Here
2: is how this applies to you, Emily. You are being given an incredible opportunity right now. You have extra time on your hands where you can follow your dreams, where you can look at your own book of possibilities and make some of those possibilities realities. And maybe you don't even have a book of possibilities, but maybe you can start one. Maybe you can write down things that you want to do, movies you want to see books you want to read, skills you want to learn, dishes you want to cook. There are so many things that you can learn and do and live life to the fullest right now in a way that you might not be able to down the road. Like, for example, let's say you and your partner down the road buy a home and have to, you know, work on home renovations and home repairs all the time, and you don't have time for these kinds of dreams. Or let's say you and your partner have a family at some point. Once you have kids, Reefer can attest to this, you oftentimes don't have a lot of time for those dreams in your possibilities book. You you sometimes have to set those dreams aside.
1: Don't rub it in, Kristen.
2: (laughs) But, Emily, you do have this chance right now. So as I said earlier, I want you and your partner, if possible, to sit down, schedule time for each other, take seriously the importance of learning work-life balance. Work-life balance is something that's something you'll need to master, not just for now during the Ph.D. program, but for the rest of your life. So work on that. But then also do what you can for yourself and nurture yourself at this time. And do that
1: with the help of Last Holiday. Make sure to ask your partner, why doesn't he have a six-pack like LL Cool J? (laughs) Ask him that. No, don't ask him that. I'm just kidding. (laughs) That'll ruin everything.
2: Ladies love Cool J.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Last Holiday. All right. I'll buy it, Kristen. I'll buy it. It's good for everything, but
2: especially good for you, Emily.
1: (laughs) But what about you, Rafer? What are you going to prescribe, Emily? All right. I'm going to uh, prescribe a a slightly more serious film. Um, It's a movie from going back to 1973. It's a movie called The Paper Chase. Uh, Kristen, have you ever seen The Paper Chase?
2: No, and I'm kind of ashamed of it because I just feel like it's one of those movies everybody was supposed to see at one point, and I just never
1: saw it. No, I think that's fine. I think that's totally fine if you haven't seen it. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about it. Uh, Timothy Bottoms plays a guy named James Hart. He's in his first year of Harvard Law. He's a little unprepared, a little clueless. He's not quite sure what he's gotten himself in for. His first class is with a guy named Professor Kingsfield, played by the great John Hausman, or should I say John Hausman? <laughs> uh, and uh, Kingsfield is is basically known as the terror of the school. You know, he's the, he's the most, he's the most, the strictest, smartest, and most brutal professor in the whole school. Hart shows up without having done his homework. Kingsfield rips him a new one in front of the entire class. It's so humiliating that Hart actually goes and throws up in the bathroom. And this kind of sets the tone for Hart's experience at Harvard Law. And he really starts feeling like maybe I am out of my league. Here's a clip. Mr. Hart, Hawkins versus McGee is a case in contract law, the subject of our study. A boy burned his hand by touching an electric wire. A doctor who was anxious to experiment in skin grafting asked to operate on the hand guaranteeing that he would restore it one hundred percent. He took a piece of skin from the boy's chest and grafted it onto the unfortunate boy's hand. The operation failed to produce a healthy hand. Instead, it produced a hairy hand. A hand not only burned but covered with dense matted hair. Mr. Hart, what damages do you think the doctor should pay?
2: <clears throat> the doctor should pay for what he did. And he should pay
0: for the difference between what the boy had, a burned hand, and what the doctor gave him, a...
2: a burned and hairy hand? Rafer... I don't know why this would possibly be reassuring for Emily. It's just showing why her partner has to throw everything away just to satisfy mean professors. Why school is making her partner sick and throwing up. This doesn't sound reassuring at all.
1: All right. Now, bear with me, Kristen. The reason I recommend this movie is because of the woman that Hart meets while he is in school. Her name is Susan, and she's played by none other than Lindsay Wagner. Yes, the, bio- the bionic woman. Yes! Uh, but, but she's here so she's, powerful. Here she is just a woman, and her name is Susan. Um, and they, start, they begin to date. Uh, they're clearly falling in love, but she's extremely unhappy with how much time Hart is devoting to his studies, which is fair, uh, he thinks that she should be giving him more attention and support, which is also somewhat fair. Um, now, in a typical kind of movie twist, you might be able to guess whose daughter Susan turns out to be. Uh, that does not really apply to Emily, our listener. I'm doubting there's anything, nothing quite as twisted and convoluted as that going on in your life. But <laughs> but beyond that, I feel like this old movie might be like pretty representative of the situation that you're in. You know, you're... You you are the partner to this guy that is really in deep, and it might be worth remembering that you both have valid feelings about what's going on. You know your 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 partner might just be really going through the ringer, and he might be feeling inadequate, or he might and he might maybe he's not feeling inadequate, but maybe he just feels like, listen, this is I've got you know a small window of time here where I've got to really shine and I've got to really do this. But you've got valid feelings, too. You are in a relationship. You are asking for some emotional attention, support, conversation, uh, time, intimacy, all the things that make a relationship what it is and worth having. Um, So I think you've both got valid points. And I think this movie does a pretty good job um, of showing both viewpoints. Yes, you know, Hart is our hero here. Um, but I feel like that the woman, especially for a movie made in nineteen seventy three, um, you know, she's she's independent and she's standing up for herself and she's asking for the things that she wants. And so, you know, you might you might see a little bit of yourselves uh in this movie. So that's why I recommend it.
2: Oh, that sounds fantastic, Reefer. It's a it's a really great movie. Your son's much more on point than mine. No, although Again, mine mine is a general recommendation for everybody, including Emily, (laughs) but yours sounds very, very specific to Emily. Once again, that recommendation from Rafer is the paper chase, and for me, the cure-all last
1: holiday. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but before we do, a huge thanks to everyone who's been giving us five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts. For example, we have SJ10022, who recently gave us five stars and wrote, this podcast is such a treasure. It brings me such joy and makes me laugh. Can't recommend it enough. Everyone needs to listen. Thanks, Kristen and Rafer. Keep it up.
2: Oh, thank you, SJ10022. And especially thank you for all those exclamation points. How many are there? Yes. Eight? Eight? That I think that's a lot, and I like exclamation
1: points, and we love your review, so
2: thank you so much.
1: All right, stay with us when we're back. We have someone who is torn between loving animals and loving a romantic partner.
0: Hey, Matt.
2: We're back with our second letter of the week. Rafer, take it away.
1: All right. This one is from Perdita. I like that name. Yeah, so do I. Right? It's great. Uh, Perdita writes, Dear Rafer and Kristen, I love dogs. Growing up, I always had at least one, and all of my happiest childhood memories include them. I always presumed I'd go on to have dogs as an adult as well, not just because I love them, but because I view them as a sign of proper adulthood. Dogs are hard work, so having a dog... Means you have your life together. Here's the issue. I started seriously dating a person last year. He's legitimately fantastic, and I've never been this comfortable or happy with someone before. We just connect on so many levels, and I adore him. But he has one major flaw an allergy to dogs. I know it would be absolutely foolish to end a happy relationship over the idea of a dog who doesn't even exist but I don't know if I can be happy if I never had a dog again. Sometimes I daydream about a cocker spaniel. It's a very silly thing to be so legitimately upset and confused about. I feel like I lose either way. I do have a cat, but unfortunately, my cat also loves dogs. I guess I need some movies that take the shine off of dogs for me. What could that be except Cujo? Oh, my
2: gosh. Perdita. <laughs> Um, by the way, Perdita, we did have to pare down your letter a tad. It, it was quite a bit longer than this. Mm. Um, listeners, Perdita really went into detail about how much she loves dogs. And <laughs> and we appreciate that. I got to say, I love dogs, too. I am one of those people who stops every dog on the street and says hello. I have met uh, neighbors and even friends just by talking to their dogs. I, I love a dog. I love them. And sadly, like your boyfriend, Perdita, I'm allergic to them. I can't have a dog. So, oh my gosh, I feel his pain. Yeah. I feel your pain here. It, it sucks to love dogs and not be able to have a dog. I have dog dreams. Do you really? Yeah. I'll, I'll wake up and I'll be playing with a dog and I'll wake up and it's like, no dog. There's no dog here. No kidding. It's just my husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> But Rafer, don't you have allergies too, or does your wife? I forgot. One of you has allergies, right?
1: Uh, no, uh, that's exactly right. Um, I have no allergies. Uh, I I will just confess to you, I am not a dog person. I do, I do <gasps> not. <gasps> Rafer, I, it's not that I dislike dogs. I don't I don't hate dogs. I don't dislike dogs. I like dogs quite a bit, but I'm more of a cat person. Oh. Um, and I've always loved cats. Uh, my wife is allergic to cats and dogs, and my oldest son is allergic to cats and dogs. My youngest son is not. Um, One question for Perdita that I I was curious about, if you have a cat, aren't people usually allergic to both? uh, I don't know if it's dander or what it is. I think there's a lot of different scientific explanations for what people are actually allergic to. Um, But um, aren't people usually allergic to both cats and dogs or not? Is that that not a thing?
2: Oh, not necessarily. But um, oh okay. Yeah, you know, for some people it's one or the other. My sister, as a little kid, was always allergic to cats, but not dogs. Um uh, And I've known a few people like that where they have an allergy to cats but not dogs. It's I don't know if I've ever heard of it the other way around, except in this letter. Actually, now that I think about it.
1: Well, that might be something to do with the saliva or something that cats that that that, that cats have, and the hyper the hypoallergenic cats don't have a certain kind of. I don't even know why I'm bringing this up. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Forget <laughs> it. Anyway, uh, let's just leave that alone. So the point here is, uh, Perdita, that you've got a guy that you really love who through I, – I think this is important to point out – through no fault of his own cannot be around dogs. Now, now, obviously, I'm sure the both of you or at least you have thought about the kind of medications you can take, the shots you can get, the treatments that you can take that will um, – If not cure these allergies, lessen them. But
2: they don't work for everybody. I got to say, I'm just going to interrupt here, Rafer, and tell you. I was on allergy shots for 10 years because we thought eventually these shots will work. Eventually, you know, the allergies will go away. 10 years of allergy shots, two shots in each arm every week. My allergies never went away. Is that true? It broke my heart. No dogs for me.
1: Oh, that's too bad. Um, you know, we've considered that for um, my oldest son, but I mean, the thing is, we you know we've got our apartment is too small to hold pretty much any pet except for um, a dwarf hamster, which we had for a while. But uh, so we've we haven't, you know, we haven't gone that route. But yeah, I've heard that results can be mixed. So once again, back to my original point. I'll stop playing science, scientist here <laughs> movie um, scientist, which is you've got a guy who's allergic to dogs <laughs> and and there's not much he can do about it um so that's you know that's a thing you've gotta make a choice there yeah. um so Perdita, you asked for a little something that would take the shine off of dogs for me. I like your cujo reference this is not this is not cujo. I'm gonna recommend a movie that came out in early two thousand twenty. Uh, early 2020. And like all movies that came out in early 2020, it's been completely forgotten. <laughs> um, and it's a decent little movie called The Call of the Wild with Harrison Ford.
2: Ooh, based on the Jack London book?
1: Exactly. Based on the Jack London book. Um, I have a few things to say about this. Um But, Kristen, as you say, it's based on the Jack London story. Um, uh, The the movie version of the story I will give you is that it's about a dog named Buck. He's a big uh, St. Bernard mix, one of those big sloppy friendly dogs living very happily in the home of a prominent judge, I think in the South. Uh, It's the late 1800s. The gold rush is on. And so, you know, miners need sled dogs, so much so that there's a black market for them. And one day Buck is kidnapped, thrown in the back of a truck shipped out to the Yukon, and all of a sudden, it's the last day of his comfortable old life, and it is the first day of a completely brutal existence, pulling these sleds at sub-zero temperatures for these miners who don't really have the luxury of being kind and coddling and friendly to their dogs. Uh, uh, Harrison Ford plays an old miner named Thornton. Uh, He and Buck make friends kind of early on they seem to be maybe destined for each other we know they're going to come back together again at some point in the film they might not be destined for each other who knows here's a clip the yukon is a dangerous place you never know what's coming i came up here because i didn't want to be around anyone and then i met He was a dog like no other. He'd been spoiled. On the-
0: and he'd suffered. Come on. But he could not be broken.
2: Now, Reefer, does our dog end up? becoming possessed and kill its humans <laughs>
1: no it does not <laughs> no in fact um, the my one my one major uh, quibble uh, bigger than a quibble really is that this is an extremely kind and gentle version of the Jack London story which is kind of a strange thing to do because the whole point of Jack London is that life is brutal and horrible right That's the, so it's <laughs> i can't, this is really it's not disney but um it's it's pretty disneyfied and um it is it is half animated the dogs are all cgi a lot of critics Ooh. didn't like the cgi dogs um i was okay with the cgi dogs they 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 were they're they're just just shy of photoreal. They have a little bit of kind of cartoon expression in their faces. That didn't bother me too much. I, I I mean me I would have said why not just use actual dogs? I know there's some debate on the morality of using actual dogs in in films. Um, I think that would have worked better. Anyway, the reason I recommend the movie is because even though it's sort of a, a snowflaked version of the the Jack London novel, um, it's still kind of effective and enjoyable and it does have a kind of a, a nice fun spirit to it and buck turns out to be this dog who thought he was meant to lie in front of a fire i'm going to spoil it a little bit here but he might be better suited to the forest and in the end you know thornton played by harrison ford it's a great role for harrison ford the grizzled old binder with the beard and the flannel shirt he might just have to say goodbye to buck and let Buck oh go, God. and uh, you know that might be what our listener has to do. I, 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 Perdita, I can't tell you what to do here, but if you feel that you have to say goodbye to a dog, to having a dog, this might be the film that will help you do it. The I'm Call of the Wild. Getting
2: emotional just thinking about that reefer
1: I know. Me too. Oh. Me too. Even oh. though I, I didn't actually give this film that great, great <laughs> of a review at the time. I gave it like two and a half stars out of four, but. There's there's a couple of pretty moving moments in there, I have to tell you. Oh, good. So, so Kristen, how about you?
2: I am prescribing Perdita a movie that came out two years ago called Dog Days. It's currently on Hulu. Reefer, have you seen Dog Days? No, I don't know this. It's like Love Actually, but instead of Christmas, it's dogs. (laughs) (laughs) So in Dog Days, we have... A bunch of different characters, each with their own stories. For example, we have Elizabeth. She's an anchor woman who seeks advice from her dog's therapist. We have Dax. He's a wildly irresponsible adult until he's forced to take care of his sister's dog. We have Walter. He's an aging, lonely widower whose only living tie to his late wife is his dog, Mabel, who accidentally runs off and gets lost. And we have Grace and Kurt. They're a married couple whose newly adopted daughter only feels at home once they find and bring home Walter's lost dog and take it in as their own, that's just a few of the stories that intersect here. Here's a clip.
1: <laughs> no, this is me and Brandy Spot and that right girl. <laughs> wow, so many kids out here.
2: All my friends are having
1: kids right now. My whole family. Ask me all the time what the holdup is. Yeah, what is the holdup? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? Mm. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing is wrong with me. just have a cheating ex-boyfriend. Sorry. Thank you. But seriously, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Already? Playing ball? You know how it is. So I think I'll give it another try. It's
0: hard to compete with a lady like Brandy.
1: This is still just a dog date, right?
2: Yes. Still just a dog date.
1: Kristen, who is the brilliant son of a bitch that came up with this? (laughs) That just just sounds like I can just hear cash pouring in. Good grief.
2: Well, Rafer, I'm going to be honest with you. This was not meant to be a movie prescribed because of nepotism. But one of my old grad school mates, Alyssa Matsueda, she wrote it. What? Yes.
0: No yeah.
2: <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> I love I am it. not prescribing it because of her but I just just to bring things full circle with our last letter writer. Yes, yeah, somebody that I was in grad school with. And it also by the way I have to point out is star-packed. We have Vanessa Hudgens, we have Eva Longoria, Rob Corddry, Tig Notaro. We have so many famous people who are in this movie and I particularly liked Ron Jones. He's just fantastic as the widower Walter who is just heartbroken over the loss of Mabel when she runs away. And The reason I'm prescribing dog days is because it shows such a wide range of relationships people can have with dogs. It shows people being shelter volunteers, dog walkers, veterinarians, dog owners, dog sitters. And it also shows how sometimes people choose to sacrifice the chance to have a dog because it will improve other people's lives. Or maybe open the door for their own lives to be improved in ways they don't expect. So that's why I'm recommending it to you, Perdita, because I think that in particular will speak to your situation. Kristen,
1: is this the movie with Vanessa Vanessa Hudgens and there's like a nerdy guy who likes her and he's like a vet (laughs) assistant guy or he works at like a... At like a, a dog rescue something or other? Is that the, is this the one? Yes.
2: He, he started a shelter because it was his lifelong dream to start a dog shelter. Oh,
1: God, that's right. I have seen this goddamn movie. <laughs> I forgot about it. I completely forgot that I'd seen this I'm film. I'm not
2: saying it's a memorable movie, okay? I just want to say here and now, after you watch it, you may, within 15 minutes, forget that you just watched this movie. Some medicine works that way.
1: Clearly, I did.
2: Yeah, like, you remember Flintstones vitamins? You would eat them. They were like candy. You would forget you just had them, and then you'd go back to the cupboard and think, oh, hold on, did I take that vitamin yet? And that might be what dog days is for you. At the moment, you might totally enjoy it, and 15 minutes later, you'll forget about it. That's the way some prescriptions work, but that doesn't mean
1: they're not good for you. I have a couple things to say. One is that I still eat Flintstones vitamins. Two is that... (laughs) (laughs) Two is that... um, I can't remember a thing about this film. I can't remember. I can't remember. All I remember is Vanessa Hudgens and the guy at the shelter. That's I can't remember a single other thing about it. So you're right. You're right. You will watch this film and forget it instantly. That's obviously true. Um, But three, I just I do want to say that I think, Kristen, you've got an excellent, excellent point here, which is there there might be other ways to get dogs in your life. There might be other ways to have that experience you know, to, to to walk them, to visit friends who have them. Maybe there's a compromise there. I just I think it's I think it's a I think it's a really good message to send. And I hope that our listener, Perdita, um, can can find some kind of compromise and find a way to have as as much of as much of everything as she can possibly have.
2: Yes. So Perdita, once again, our recommendations are from Rafer, The Call of the Wild that came out in 2020. And for me, Dog Days from 2018.
1: Okay, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. But before we do, are you in a predicament where you could use some questionable advice and a good movie or TV recommendation? Use the contact form at RaferAndKristen.com. You don't have to use your real name like our earlier advice seeker. You can be Emily... We had a Perdita. You could be Purdy. You could be Pongo. Uh, Aren't those the the Dalmatians from 101 Dalmatians? I think they are. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, you can use any name you want.
2: (laughs) All right. When we're back, Laura Vanderkam joins us to ask, what should I watch next?
1: We're back, and we are joined by Laura Vanderkam, host of the Best of Both Worlds podcast, as well as the Before Breakfast podcast. Laura, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Laura,
2: we are so excited to have you here with us today. For those who aren't familiar with your terrific podcasts, can you tell us about them?
0: Sure. Well, I have two podcasts right now. I had three a few months ago, but I had to pare that down. Um, One is an every weekday morning podcast called Before Breakfast. It's just a short tip um, something to help you take your day from great to awesome. So, you know, listen to it while you're making your coffee and hopefully have a fantastic day afterwards. Uh, my other podcast is called Best of Both Worlds, and I co host that with Sarah Hart Unger, who is a physician and mom of three. And we talk about career and family from the perspective of people who really love both. Um, And so we record one episode a week, release those on Tuesdays. and love to have some of your listeners come join us there. Oh, yeah. Everybody should
2: definitely listen. Laura, you are such a great host. Both your shows are great.
1: And Laura, I know that you have more than a few books, including one I think that is rather timely that came out just a few months ago. Can you tell us about that one?
0: Yeah. So it's called The New Corner Office, uh, How the Most Successful People Work from Home. And this came out just, you know, shortly after the pandemic started. I had to write it quickly, Um, (laughs) but uh, pivot, uh, do something with my time. But uh, a lot of people were working from home for the first time after March, April this year or last year and looking for ways to do it. And I've been working from home forever. I know a lot of other people have, too. But, you know, when you first start, it's not intuitive, like you have to relearn how you Set your schedule, how you think of yourself as being done for the day, how you think about networking, how you think about, You know, optimizing your own well being and planning your career and all those great things. So, I wrote a short book for people who are looking to work from home productively and ambitiously moving forward.
2: Yeah, I just wish that book would have existed when I first started working from home two years ago because it was such a struggle for me. And the book has so many concrete tips. And we get a lot of letters from listeners of movie therapy who also constantly ask about working from home. So, all of you out there, check out Laura's book. It's very helpful.
1: (laughs) All right. So, Laura, We've invited you on because you have a what should I watch next question for us. Uh, let's hear it.
0: All right. Well, what I should what should I watch next? It's a good question because, all right. So I love the idea of transformation. You know, people go from mess to success. It's the whole self-help world. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm all into that. Sure. Uh, my, the favorite show years ago was What Not to Wear did either of you guys. Like. Such a good show. It's such a good show. Love it.
2: Love it. The only thing I don't like is Stacy London always wants you to wear pointy heels.
0: I, okay. I don't like those either. So <laughs> I had to forgive Stacy for that.
2: Yes, but, but I love her as a but character. I love her.
0: And yes. it's just such a satisfying show. Uh, humorously, I actually met um, Carmen D and Stacey London at a party a few years ago. It's possibly the highlight oh my of my entire life. Probably not the highlight of their entire lives. but. <laughs> I
2: enjoyed it. (laughs) You never know.
0: You never know. (laughs) Oh, my God. I
2: bet they loved it.
0: (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) yeah. So I love the the transformation. I I got into a couple other shows like that, you know, not so much the what they're wearing, but things like um, Big Medicine or My 600 Hundred Pound Life because people are changing their lives so much through through bariatric surgery and through diet and exercise. It's just satisfying. So anyway, enjoy The Property Brothers for the same reason that you go from a horrible house to an awesome house in, in 40 minutes. Like, wish that we all could do that. So do you have any newer shows, movies, things that I should watch that have that same positive, upbeat, transformative message?
2: Laura, you came to the right place because I freaking love this question so much. I love a before and after. I love those home makeover shows. I love the wardrobe makeover shows. I love life makeover shows. I love them all so much. The only problem for me I got to say with your question is, how do I narrow down my list of 500 favorite makeover shows to just one? And <laughs> Rafer, you're with me here, right? No, you're laughing because he...
1: I'm completely not with you. I think <laughs> I think any I think any regular listener knows I've I've clearly never seen any of the shows that you're talking about, nor any of the shows you're probably about to recommend. Uh, but that's all right. Keep going. Keep going. All
2: right. So, Laura, there's a show out there that is about home renovation, but it's also about profit. It's also about travel. It has the makeover. It has the before and after. It's called Stay Here on Netflix. Do you know Stay Here?
0: I don't. I'm very excited now.
2: <gasps> yes. Oh, always makes Rafer and I so happy when a guest does not know the show that we're recommending.
1: I know. It's always a gamble.
2: Yes. So- On Stay Here, owners are looking to upgrade their properties so they can rent them out on platforms like Airbnb. And leading each renovation is Genevieve Gorder, an interior decorator who you may recognize from TLC. When you see her, you'll be like, oh, I've seen her on TLC shows before. And also a real estate expert, Peter Lorimer. So they had this fun dynamic that is not too different from the dynamic on what not to wear, where it's like, am I a little bit bitchy? Am I a little bit helpful? Am I a little judgy? no matter what i 'm going to make your life better that 's all that matters i 'm going to make your life better <laughs> and on the show, everybody has an interesting story who comes onto the show so for example, it might be an elderly couple who have you know a little shed on their property that they don 't want to tear down, maybe they can turn it into a rental property so that they can help supplement their income because they don 't have jobs right now they 're retired, or maybe it 's somebody who wants to supplement the cost of their child's very expensive daycare. Anybody with kids knows that daycare is really expensive. Is there something we can do with our basement so we can rent it out and make some extra money? So the team come in. They look at what it is. It's usually a problem. It's usually not worth renting. They go in. They transform the whole thing. And then they promise you a certain market value that you're going to be able to rent it at afterward. And, of course, it's just phenomenal visually, and the stories are great. And that before and after has such a bang. Here's a clip. To succeed in the world of short-term rental, you have to offer more than just a comfortable place to sleep.
0: There's nothing like it in the city. Never seen anything like this before in D.C. This is gold. But I don't know that I'm in a firehouse. Well, our real goal is to increase our occupancy. It feels like somebody's spare room. As we say in England, a little bit higgledy-piggledy. Couldn't have said it better. <laughs> we'll show these first time as how to launch a short-term rental. Right now, this place is a money pit.
1: I think he's bitten off more than he can chew. I need help big time. Well, You've got the design and the business,
0: and I just can't wait to get my hands on it. Let's do it. Whew, pretty epic, right? We got a lot going on.
1: So, Christian, is this one of these things like, um, like extreme home makeover where, where they would sort of parachute in and give people the money to do this thing and sort of like, we're going to make your home over, that kind of thing? Or <laughs> It's not quite on it? that
2: level. You're not going to cry like okay. that. Yeah, Extreme Makeover Home Edition. That was a sob
0: fest every single time. Oh, yeah. It was
2: amazing. I know. Every single episode of that show made me cry. This isn't going to make you cry every episode. Okay. It's going to make you happy, and you're going to see yourself in these people, I think. Um, A lot of them have situations that are not that different from what the three of us are living through right now. And they just need a little extra money, and this will help them make that extra money. And This team is going to help you turn that shed or that basement or whatever it is into something where people will see it on an Airbnb link and think, oh, I want to stay at that place. I want to stay there. That's why the show is called Stay Here. So I'm going to recommend that, Laura. I think you're going to like it. I I love the show personally. And I said there was a travel element, and that's because they go all over the world to different houses and do this. Different apartments, different sheds, different garages, and so on. And so it's fun to see each town. How do they highlight the town? How do they highlight the place they're making over? How do they help the family?
1: Brilliant. Wow. All over the world? Is that right? Yes, they go all over the world. It's so good. Amazing.
2: But Rafer, you're not normally that much of a fan of makeover shows. No. So, um I'm curious what you're going to come up with for Laura, since this is not your favorite genre.
1: Laura, I don't know if this is going to quite fit the bill. It is not it is not an ugly duckling story like that. This is a little bit more. It is a transformation story, but it's a little bit more of an inspirational type story. So, uh, you know, I'll I'll tell you a little bit about it. You know, you can you can see what you think. This is also on Netflix. Um it's a little independent doc that was Picked up by Array, which is Ava DuVernay's production company. Ava DuVernay is the director of Selma. Uh, she got this deal with Netflix, uh, started buying up a little films and releasing them. So um, this was one of them. It's called Roll With Me. It's from 2018. Um, little indie doc filmed on a shoestring. It's about a guy named Gabriel Cordell. Uh, originally from Libya, moved to Long Island, I'm going to say probably in the 70s, um, decides after high school he wants to be an actor. He's kind of a good-looking guy. He's 22 years old, gets his first audition. He's going to be in a Vidal Sassan commercial. This is his big break. Never makes it. His car hits another car. He's thrown from the vehicle. His body hits a telephone pole, paralyzed from the waist down. So flash forward 20 years or so not doing so well. He's living in L.A. where he was trying to make it as an actor. He's a drug addict. He's in recovery. Uh, But he's kind of kind of in the skids. And he hears some stories about guys who are who roll across the country in wheelchairs. And, you know, we've heard these stories, right? Guys who, you know, raise some money, roll across the country in a wheelchair. And he's thinking, I could do that, but it's kind of been done. What could I do that's different? And one thing he notices is that all these guys are these kind of Paralympic athlete types, right? They've got these modified bikes with the big knobby tires and the handlebars and they're, they look like a cross between a wheelchair and like a $10,000 sports bike that's like they can get up to speeds of literally like 40 miles an hour. And he decides for whatever reason he's going to use a wheelchair wheelchair like the kind you get out of a hospital with the little tiny wheels on the front and the big giant bulky spoked wheels on the back. And he's going to roll the goddamn wheelchair from Santa Monica, California all the way to his home base of Long Island, where he was raised, and here's a clip.
0: When I was 22 years old, I lost the use of my legs. I knew that I was paralyzed when I was laying on the street. There was a time where I I was in a really dark place, and I just didn't want to try anymore. I thought I'd given up on humanity,
1: but I'd given up on myself. It took me 22 years to figure it out that the only thing that makes me happy is to inspire people and motivate people to be able to live their best life. So
2: I decided to roll my wheelchair across the United States 3,100 miles
1: in 99 days. The human will is limitless. It wasn't even about me anymore. It wasn't about what I was trying to accomplish. It was about the effect I was having on people watching a man in a wheelchair roll across America. For growth, for strength, For love, for peace. This is why I roll.
2: Now, Reefer, that does not sound like a straightforward makeover, but it does sound like an emotional makeover, and it does sound like quite a journey that he goes on. Laura, does that sound something, sound like something that would appeal to you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I always love cool challenges and, you know, often it's things like running across the country or, I mean, the the idea of actually using a normal grade wheelchair to do this is just like I mean, the visuals are, are getting me like I, I can I'm trying to even picture it because this is going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, I am all about that. I think it'll be it'll be great.
1: Again, it's like I say, it's not it's not really it's not really makeover style, but it did occur to me that this is a guy who did, you know, he had to transform himself from sort of normal wheelchair guy to a guy who could really, you know, have the stamina and the strength and the upper body strength and the fortitude to undertake this pretty incredible athletic uh, feat. Um, And it's also kind of funny because everybody that he uh, hires to follow him in the van they're all, they're all kind of problem cases. You know, they've all got sort of, they're all little in recovery. They've got kind of rage issues or they're, you know, they've just out of a, out of a broken marriage and they're, they're, they're all, they've got some real problems, these guys, and they're all packed into an RV and they're all following this guy at a snail's pace at the side of a freeway while he's like rolling uphill, you know, like, you know, two, three inches at a time. And it's kind of incredible. It's just, these guys are sort of, you know, they've, they've all kind of gone through some sort of transformation already to get themselves to this level. And then it's sort of every day they kind of have to keep that transformation going. They have to keep themselves at that level. So like I say, it's, you know, it's not, it's not the makeover you see at the end of the Devil Wears Prada, but it is, it is a transformation of some sort.
0: Well, all we need is just a makeover, made over house at Long Beach Island for him to get to. There you and go. <laughs> this is, like, perfect,
1: right? Then it'd but... be perfect. <laughs>
2: So once again, those recommendations are from Rafer, roll with me, and from me, stay here. Laura, thank you so much again for joining us. Reminder, Laura's two podcasts are called The Best of Both Worlds and Before Breakfast, and her new book is called The New Corner Office.
0: Thanks so much for having me.
2: And that's it for this week's episode of Movie Therapy.
1: Well, that doesn't mean we aren't here for you. If you need us in the coming week, reach out to us on Twitter at Rayford Guzman and at Kristen Meinzer.
2: And if you haven't already, join our Facebook community at facebook.com slash groups slash Rafer and Kristen. There's a really lively conversation going on there right now about the best TV and movies that people have watched in 2020. Join the group so that you can see what those suggestions are.
1: Everybody, please tell your friends about our show. It really does help us a lot.
2: Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer.
1: And I'm Rafer Guzman. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.